Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. Just going to hit you with this really quick. We're going to do a little best bets episode for the Wednesday NBA slate. Um, getting this out a little bit later than I would typically like to. Producer Corey was stuck down in the trenches of New Jersey without his computer. So I, I'm doing all the editing here. And by all the editing, I mean none of the editing. And I was at the Devils game last night. Just an absolute heartbreaker uh, for us puck fans there as Jack Hughes hit one off the post, seven seconds left. And then the Minnesota Wild went right back down the ice rink and uh, made a goal with one second left in overtime. Just absolutely painful. But that's going to put us on this this Wednesday NBA slate. I have written the game guides for the Action Network for the New York Knicks versus the Miami Heat. And I have also written up a prop for the Lakers versus the Suns. But I'm, if you guys are here, I'm going to give you these plays right now. I like the New York Knicks on the money line, and I think you can get them at plus two as well. I would take either at plus one, just take the money line. Like, take advantage of that extra couple of cents. And I also like Bam Adebayo under 8.5 rebounds. Part of why I like this play is over the course of the season, the New York Knicks have been significantly better than the Miami Heat. New York is a top 10 team in adjusted net rating, while Miami is a bottom 10 team in adjusted net rating, actually. So I think that we're really leaning on our priors a bit too much when we're basing this, our expectations for this Miami team. Additionally, when we look at New York, Josh Hart has been absolutely transcendent for them since they got him. Uh, I just saw an I Heart New York shirt, which I thought was really funny by NBA Paint. But I do think that, his ability and his versatility has really paid dividends because Tibbs can kind of throw him in any rotation, any type of lineup, any type of matchup, and you're getting a lot of production from him. Additionally, having Jalen Brunson back, although his like advanced metrics are a little bit interesting, uh, it's he's obviously a net positive for New York. But the biggest thing is really that it puts quickly with the bench. It puts... Uh, you get a couple more minutes with Barrett with the bench. Like it changes the dynamics of what the Knicks can do. And one of the Knicks strengths is their depth. And Brunson allows the Knicks to really get into that and play bench versus bench with other teams. And that's a spot that they've continued to excel. So I think that in this circumstance, the Knicks have won both the prior games against the Miami heat. They've been underdogs in both games, which I, one of the games was without Brunson. So I understand it, but I don't understand the spread. I think that it's just simply too short. And the Miami Heat have not really been that good since they didn't really do much to the deadline. They acquired Kevin Love. And he's basically been a net neutral for them. But it's really impacted Bam Adebayo's rebounding. And in 13 games playing alongside of Kevin Love, he's only exceeded his rebound total of 8.5 in three of them. So the Knicks, fourth best rebounding team in the league since Mitchell Robinson returned from injury. I like that Bam Adebayo under right there as well, under eight and a half rebound. Looking at the other big game, or at least one of the other big games that I think is very important is the Lakers versus the Phoenix Suns. And in that game, the Suns, they're going to be without DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton, I know a lot of people, like he's kind of a, it's, he's an oddly polarizing player because he's not the most exciting, but he's very consistent. And I think he's a very good defender. Um the Lakers, I think, are going to just absolutely destroy Phoenix on the interior today. Uh, I know that the Suns, they're going to play probably Bismack Biombo. You're probably going to see some Jacques Landale. 
But to me, they don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. And his points prop is at 25 and a half. You can get this 26 and a half. I even think 30 plus is worth the play at FanDuel at plus 150. But he's gone over this 25 and a half line in 11 of 18 games this season without LeBron. And that includes a 37 point effort against the Phoenix Suns, who had DeAndre Ayton in that game. So I don't know how they stop him with DeAndre Ayton not being on the floor because he even got cooked in that one particular matchup. So this is a spot where I really like, I really, really like the Lakers. And I know that I've said this before. I know that that's, this is not necessarily a surprise for many of you that I'm saying I like the Lakers in the spot, but they've been significantly better since, since the NBA trade deadline. And the big thing with LA really getting rid of Russell Westbrook dramatically improved the team because they just they needed he needed to move he was not helping this team he was not raising the floor and instead now you have Austin Reeves playing just absolutely incredible you have Jared Vanderbilt whose minutes have been a little bit declining lately but he still dramatically improved the defense Wendian Gabriel's been exceptional on the defensive side of the ball the ball just kind of creating chaos essentially um but the thing that's been really strong for the Lakers has been their defense. And when we look at them since the deadline, basically they, they've really kind of gelled together as, as a team and on the season as a whole, the Lakers have a decent defense. They're at one thirteen point nine in terms of adjusted net. However, if we look at this and we take a look at the, at their more recent form, they have been, just as good, if not better. And over the last two weeks, the Lakers are ninth in defense, allowing opponents 113.3 points per 100 possessions. So their offensive kind of caught up with that. On the season, they were only scoring 113.8. Now they're scoring 117.3. So just a little bit of differences has caused them to have the 10th best adjust or 10th best point differential over the last two weeks. And if we compare this to the Phoenix Suns, they've really struggled a bit more. Uh, Phoenix is 21st in point differential over the last two weeks, just two and four minus three. Uh, and their numbers are almost the inverse of the Lakers. They're, they're struggling to score and they're also struggling to defend. So this is not a spot where I want to back Phoenix. And I, this team is really just right now, it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And then a couple other wings, but they don't really have much more to them. So I really like the Lakers in the spot. I think that you could take them on the money line. This line is kind of floating around to pick them, but I like LA here. And I don't think you even need to lay or take any points. Just take the Lakers, take Anthony Davis to score. And I think that they're highly correlated events, just based on the fact that that's going to be the way that you attack this. Uh, that's going to be the way that you attack this Phoenix defense. And over the course of the over the course of the season, when LeBron has not played in wins, AD is over this in six of nine games. So I think you're getting a little bit more. You're getting a little bit of value. And in all of those times he's gone over, he scored 30 plus. So I I think that this is definitely a spot where you want to back Anthony Davis. One other spot that I'm looking at is Joel Embiid's assists against the Chicago Bulls. Um, look. He, we're not really sure if Harden is going to play. 
Um, last game without Harden, he had seven. Uh, Harden has now sat for uh, this was his first miss, but then he's also missed a game about two weeks ago or so against the Minnesota Timberwolves. In every single game that Harden has missed, Embiid has had four or more assists this season, and he's had five or more in all but one. So his line right now is set at four and a half. The Harden news, it's a little bit up in the air. It seems like the books are kind of hedging the spot. I don't know how you bet it without knowing Harden's going to be in or out, but if he is ultimately ruled out, four and a half is a must bet. Um, And you could arguably take up to seven. Uh, especially in the spot. I, I just think that with Harden's availability, it just dramatically changes the hit rate of the prop. Um, on the season with Harden, even dating back to last year, he's only hitting four and a half and 24% of games. So you can't really dive into this without knowing what Harden's stat- status is. If you're using it as a builder piece, three and a half, so maybe if you go down to four, He's still hitting that at about 50% over the last two seasons with Harden. So definitely a spot to look out for and something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. So take a look in the Action Network app. Additionally, the last spot that I'm really going to be taking an eye on is I'm looking at the Memphis Grizzlies as John Morant is expected to return today. I still think that this line for Desmond Bain's assists is a bit low. Um, He's gone over this in over the course of the this season anyway, he has exceeded the three and a half assist line 66% of games with John Morant, uh, averaging 3.9. So he's hit this as well in a couple games against the uh, Houston Rockets over the last two seasons um, with six and seven assist games this season. So I do think that this is a great spot for Bain. I'm not actually all that concerned if John Morant comes back. And I think that without Dylan Brooks, you're, he's really going to be needed to facilitate more. I think if you really wanted to use this as a builder piece, you could take it down to two or even to three and your hit rate uh, essentially skyrockets with John Morant. So over the past two years at three, he's hitting this in 65% of games. But this season, you're jumping to almost like a 70, 70, 75% hit rate. Um, but I'm going to leave it at that. I do want to talk quickly about bankroll management. And it's just one of those things like I try to bet on most NBA things because NBA is the sport that I cap the most. I try to bet between, you know, half a unit or a unit on certain plays. And then I use portions of units as sprinkles for alternate lines, et cetera. Right. I think that one of the things that happens is, especially with cappers out there, you're using, you're seeing a lot of, three unit, four unit, five unit, eight unit plays, like whatever. And like, that's common. I think that it's important to remember that like, yeah, maybe this guy will come out and be positive for the whole month or for the week or whatever, but you also have to have the funds to be able to do so. Um, If you're betting on credit, that's, I think it's dangerous because you're essentially chasing losses uh, with money that you maybe don't have. And if you are betting with real money um, at a legal sports book, you can run into the issue of just not having the funds if you go on a really like long like losing streak. So depending on the size of your units, you know, like if you're doing five dollar units, ten dollar units, like maybe you have the funds to throw eight like an eight unit play or a 10 unit play at something. 
but I think things should just be determined based on confidence or use your own sliding scale of like what you want to use these unit recommendations for. So if somebody's saying like a 10 unit play, but their plays are all like five units or they're all, you know, two, two units or two and a half units, maybe to take a divider by them. And it's like, look, like if they have a one unit play, like, why is that? Why are they even playing it? Because they have something that they're 10 times more confident in, in with a 10 unit play. So I think that there's a certain way that you guys can look at this and a certain way that you guys can try to keep that in mind when following people or tailing people, uh, everybody has different units. Um, I think that units are very good for keeping yourself on target and being able to manage your bankroll. But when somebody else is essentially telling you how to manage your bankroll and they're throwing these numbers around, you, like you don't know, like a 10 unit play for somebody could be literally 10 cent units. So it's a dollar. You know, and if you're if you're putting a hundred dollar units down, that's a thousand dollars. So the amount of risk that you're willing to stomach is dramatically different. And I think that that's something that's critical to keep in mind as you move forward. So that's my recommendation. My recommendation is to you know obviously manage your own bankroll uh, and and not necessarily take too many consider outside considerations into into it. And do your best with what you have and bet what you're comfortable with either winning or losing. Um, and a final, final recommendation. I have been really on uh, like a strawberry kick lately, but the recommendation is not necessarily strawberries, but it's more of like a fruit based uh, recommendation anyway. And I think that one of the best things you can do is like pre-wash and cut your fruit and then put them into little containers. It's It just like is one step easier. And it's like, it'll keep you from eating that bad snack. And maybe you can just have a piece of fruit instead or like a little fruit salad, just because you're like, well, it's not that much harder for me to do this. Uh, I'd rather have it this way. And, you know, it's it's just one less step in the equation. When you feel it, when you get the fruit, wash it, throw it in the container, chop it up, whatever. And then you're ready to go, even if you're in a rush at another point in time. So with that, stack your fruit, stack your units. Let's cash that.